Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. would come out of his house and go down to the gate and he'd go walking with God. He got to the place that he enjoyed it so much that he'd be waiting at the gate of his house every day. And God would come along and say, Enoch, let's take a walk. Then one day God came by and said, Enoch, let's take a long walk. I have so much to tell you. So they were walking and walking and finally Enoch said, my, it's getting late in the afternoon. I better get back home. And God said to him, Enoch, you're closer to my house than you are to your house. So why don't you just come home with me? In today's message, Pastor Robert will share with you the story of Enoch. Enoch lived near the time of Jonah, and as you'll see, Scripture doesn't say that Enoch died. It simply says he walked with God. It's as if God and Enoch went for walks together, and one day they were closer to God's house than Enoch's, so Enoch went to be in God's house. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. We are in Hebrews chapter 11 and we're going to pick it up at verse 5 today. Last time when we looked at chapter 11, we looked at the differences between the offerings of Cain and his brother Abel, the you know, children of Adam and Eve. We, we talked about the fact that the Bible is explicit in describing Abel's sacrifice as an offering given in faith, while it simply states that Cain gave an offering which God didn't respect. Cain's offering to God was probably given only after he had ensured that he had enough resources to give out of his surplus. But Abel, on the other hand, sacrificed, the Bible says, the first fruit of his resources, and that he gave the best part to God first. He gave the the fat of the animal. Now, today as we continue our study at verse 5, we'll take a look at one more example from that hall of faith there in chapter 11, Enoch. Verse 5 says, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, if, if you weren't here for the you know, previous study in, in chapter or studies, I think in chapter 11, I encourage you to go online and, and listen to them. Enoch gives to us a picture of the rapture of the church. You know, God's word tells us that one day those who love God will be snatched up to him, raptured is, you know, from the Latin. Sometimes people want to argue that rapture, that that word's not even in the Bible. Well, that's true in the English, but if you read the Latin version, it's in there. It says that God is going to snatch us away, and, and, you know, that those people won't have to experience physical death. And we see a picture of that in, in Enoch. God only has done it for two people, Enoch and Elijah. 
This passage tells us that Enoch pleased God, that he walked with God. I love the way Dr. J. Vernon McGee explained it. He says, we read that Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. After that, he walked with God. I do not know what the first 65 years of his life were. I assume that he was like the rest of the crowd. This was a very careless period, moving now into the orbit of the days of Noah. McGee's going back. He's looking at the Old Testament account of Enoch and, and his life, which is, is pretty brief. But he points out that these were the days just prior to the flood. It says, when that little boy Methuselah was born, Enoch's walk was changed. That baby turned him to God. My friend, sometimes God puts a baby in a family just for that purpose. And if that baby will not bring you to God, nothing else will. For 300 years after that, he walked with God, and he begat other children, sons and daughters. And then he quotes the Scripture, and all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. That's how long he was on this earth. But he did not die. It does not say, and then Enoch died. But it says, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. The only way I know how to describe this is the way a little girl described it to her mother when she came home from Sunday school. She said, teacher told us about Enoch and how he walked with God. Her mother said, well, what about Enoch? And the little girl put it something like this. It seems that every day God would come by and say to Enoch, Enoch, would you like to walk with me? And Enoch would come out of his house and go down to the gate and he'd go walking with God. He got to the place that he enjoyed it so much that he'd be waiting at the gate of his house every day. And God would come along and say, Enoch, let's take a walk. Then one day God came by and said, Enoch, let's take a long walk. I have so much to tell you. So they were walking and walking. And finally Enoch said, my, it's getting late in the afternoon. I better get back home. And God said to him, Enoch, you're closer to my house than you are to your house. So why don't you just come home with me? You know, I've often thought that that's the way I want my walk with God to be. So close, so personal that one day we're just closer to his house than mine. You know, this was before the flood. In a time that, you know, we think we have it bad. You know, we look around at our world and we see the corruption and we see the chaos and we, you know. But I don't know that it's even comprehensible for us, what it was like in the days of Noah. I'd never really thought about it until I heard one of our teachers in Youth with a Mission 28 years ago comment that if you just do the math, I mean, that these people lived a long time. And if you just do the math, how many kids they had, how long they lived, and all these different things, conservatively, there could easily have been more people living on planet Earth in Noah's time than there are today. Do you ever think about that? But let's just say for the sake of argument that, that there were only half as many people. So there were only 3 billion people on the planet in Noah's day, in Enoch's day. In Noah's day, the Bible says he was the only man, the only person on the planet who was still paying any attention to God. All the rest were living for themselves. They were out of control. Imagine that. Three billion people. Everybody, everybody in your family, everybody in your neighborhood, everybody on your, you know what I mean? Everybody in Miami, completely out of control. You're the only one. 
Now, see, it was, it was getting there. It wasn't, wasn't quite there, but it was getting there with Enoch. In other words, the deck was stacked against him for the most part. And yet, he walked with God, and God took him. That's crazy. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Such a powerful passage. In everything, give thanks. Pray without ceasing. Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, apparently that was Enoch. He he lived in such a way that he was pleasing God. He walked with God, and God took him. You know, it definitely isn't a description of religion. Can you see that? You understand what I'm saying? Not a description of religion. No, no, no. This is a description of somebody who loves and trusts the Lord, who loves and trusts God. Too many people today just think in terms of keeping the rules and, you know, fulfilling the list of religious requirements and going through the motions and, you know, doing the things that, that, you know, keeping the rules that they mostly have made up for themselves when you get right down to it. But Jesus taught us this kind of approach. That kind of approach doesn't please God. In Matthew twenty two thirty seven, 37, Jesus was being questioned by one of the Orthodox Jewish leaders. He, he asked Jesus to tell him what was the most important of all the commandments. It was what I just read you a minute ago. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. But you see, those who try to redefine our faith, the ones who are trying to redefine Christianity in our day and age, they always focus on the second part of what Jesus said, where he said that we should love our neighbors ourselves. And we should. He said so, right? But he said that was the secondary part. It's dependent upon, it's tied to, it's, it's grounded in the first part. You see what I mean? Yes, love your neighbors yourself. But the implication really is that you, you, that, that can only be done if you first love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Everything you are and everything you have. Loving God, not just believing He's there. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio. What you just heard may have set some questions off in your spirit about who Jesus is and why He's so important. If so, keep listening. Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're listening today and and you're thinking, man, I really need God in my life. You know, I've wandered away or or maybe you're just searching. It's the first time you're really getting serious about having a relationship with God. And, you know, I remember when I felt that way, and, and to be honest, I, I, I felt really kind of exasperated and crummy and, and like it was probably impossible. Well, it's not impossible. The Bible says that God loves you so much right where you are. He understands that we're messed up. The Bible tells us, I mean, He knows we're human. He knows that we're flawed. He knows that we're sinful, imperfect human beings. That's why the Bible says He sent Jesus in the first place to come and die on the cross 
to pay for our sin, to pay for our wickedness, so that all we have to do is open our hearts to him and receive the pardon, the forgiveness that he's offering. He wants a relationship with you. I'd love to give you more information about that. Listen, I'd love to pray with you about that, even if electronically. Just go to our website, mainthingradio.com. There's all kinds of info on the website about how to begin that relationship with Jesus, how to begin that that personal relationship with God, how to study the Bible. We can give you all kinds of information about that if you'll just reach out to us and let us know that you need it. Thanks, Pastor Robert. That website again is mainthingradio.com. We're so glad you joined us today and be sure to tune in again to Main Thing Radio.